Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Why don't you put your hands together? Let's welcome Reverend Gilbert Asamo. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for loving us and drawing us near to yourself. This is our confidence that we know that when we approach you, you will not cast us out. You will not reject us. So we pray that we shall continue to crave after you and let your Holy Spirit work on us. May our lives be transformed into the image of Christ Jesus, your son. Amen and amen. We thank the Lord. How's everyone doing? Good. Thank you. Good to see you too. We thank the Lord. Powerful. We are going to study uh, from the mega church book. Seven steps to the anointing. Amen. Seven steps to the anointing. Um, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. Is that not so? The Bible says, let's look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Uh, if um, one of you should get a microphone because we are going to be reading some passages and I'm going to need your help. But Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Amen. Now this scripture we um, obviously it's clear it's talking about the anointing. Hallelujah. But the way this was said by Apostle Peter when he was preaching in Cornelius' house. Amen. He says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Who can tell me the significance of calling out Jesus of Nazareth in the, in the verse? To differentiate him from other Jesuses. Amen. Yeah. Because Jesus, there could have been other Jesuses. Now, Another reason also is that when he says Jesus of Nazareth, if he had said how God anointed Jesus from heaven or the Jesus who came from heaven with the Holy Spirit, it, it could still have worked, would it not? Because we know Jesus came from heaven. But the purpose of the verse is to emphasize that God's Holy Spirit or anointing can come on people on earth that make them supernatural and extraordinary people. Hallelujah. 
You know, Jesus from heaven, everybody knew he came from a supernatural birth. But Jesus of Nazareth, it's like Nazareth is a city on earth. And God can anoint somebody from a city on earth. And they become supernatural. And he says that with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So the anointing also means is the anointing localizes deity. It's, it, it brings God to the scene. Amen. So, um, and, and we are talking about the mega church. We are talking about seven steps to the anointing. And you're going to discover that any lasting work that anyone can do for God, you have to be anointed to do it. Any lasting work, and when I say lasting work, not just in terms of the time factor, but also the impact on people. Hallelujah. How many know that you can attend a, a concert, you can attend a, a type of performance of some kind, that you can become so happy and, you know, that the nature of the, of the presentation makes you so excited and that for a moment, you actually forget about your bill that is coming the next day that you don't know where the money is coming from. Or some other unfortunate event that is going on in your life. In that moment when you are enjoying that thing, you've forgotten about everything. Hallelujah. But then once you come out and you, um, you know, arrive in your house, or once you wake up and the sedative effect of the whatever experience, you come back to earth. Is that not so? So that event, that concert, that show, that experience had a great effect on you, but not lasting. Hallelujah. Are you following? It's not lasting because basically a lot of these things are operating in the soul realm. It's operating in the soul realm. Your soul is your world, your emotions, and your intellect. Is that not so? So a lot of what people do whether it's, whether it's um, how do you call it, attending a party and being happy, it's all about the rejoicing of the soul. And there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. But what we are saying is that, how many know the Bible said God is what? A spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The spirit part of you is the eternal part of you. Amen. As a matter of fact, your soul is just the way you express who you are. Okay? So, the lasting impact that anything can have, if you meet somebody and you, you, you want to have a lasting impact, the, 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 the effect of your life on them must go beyond the soul. It has to go into their spirit, the core of their being. Hallelujah. But, the only way you can have a lasting impact on somebody else's spirit is that it, it has to be by the Holy Spirit through your spirit and impacting other people. Amen. And so you can have, you can have um, somebody can give you a, a, a routing speech, a, a speech that excites people, that that people will be moved by the oratory of the speech, but it is all in the soul realm. Hallelujah. When it comes to church. And what we do in church, we will not be able to make any lasting impact unless it is coming from the fourth dimension. It's coming from the divine dimension. 
And so the anointing becomes imperative. Amen. The anointing of God, the Holy Spirit, is not no more an option reserved for the overzealous people who seem to want to, you know, do something. If what we are doing in church, if we really mean it for, for, it for what it's supposed to be. In other words, if what we are doing in church and for God and for the kingdom of God is not just something we are doing to while away time. Amen. You know, there are some things you do to while away time. Whilst, whilst you are waiting for something, you know, instead of just being there, you can uh, be engaged in something. Amen. That just to fill in the time. If what we are doing, if we really seek that it will have an impact from beyond this life, and it will, it, will, it will cross over to the other side, the only qualification is that it has to be anointed. And I don't care what you do in church. Amen. Because other than that, then the church is no different than any other organization. If, if our goal is not to impact things from an eternal perspective, then, in fact, in some cases, the secular world has better ways of presenting what we do. If you're talking about music, they seem to be way advanced, which it shouldn't be. Amen. Are you listening to me? If you're talking about oratory, there are motivational speakers around, but all these things just assert people in their soul. But what, what I'm saying is that when we talk about steps to the anointing, I want every believer to make it your goal that... I want to be anointed. In fact, if you are anointed, even your handshake is anointed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Even when you hug somebody, it's anointed. Amen. Hallelujah. One day, somebody said that, um, I think bishops shook their hand or something, and they felt electricity. Hallelujah. And I never understood it until I experienced it. We went for a camp meeting at Sandikov one time, and uh, during the break, one of the breaks. I was sitting in there. You know, sometimes it's like a, they say 10 minutes break, then it becomes like a 30 minute break. So I didn't have any major thing to do. So when they said, okay, you can take a little break, I was just hanging out, sitting there. And the bishop came to sit by me. And he put his hand on my like uh, shoulder like this, like, like that. And I felt a power. Hallelujah. What I'm talking about is that when a person is anointed, then the power of God, the Holy Spirit, essentially mixes up with your natural being. Do you get it? Are, are you following me, Wendy? So that, so that it's like your natural being is there. God doesn't do away with that. But the Spirit of God mixes up with that so that when you are doing things casually, like a casual handshake or a casual um, hugging somebody, without even intending and planning that there's a spiritual moment. The Holy Spirit has gotten himself so much wrapped up in the person that there is no separation. Are you following what I'm saying? That is why uh, uh, um, somebody who used to be a houseboy of a, a major uh, man of God, you know, when a man of God died and I think he put on his um, cloak or jacket or something, not, not that he put it on in order to become anointed, but just he was wearing it around. He has caught the anointing, and he's also having a very powerful ministry around the world. Hallelujah. So what I'm leading to is that the anointing is real. 
but you must desire it so strongly. And you must want it. The anointing is God himself. The anointing is that when it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, anointing is like rubbing. Do you get it? Like, like, uh, like you, you, you take a shower and, uh, or you don't take a shower and you, you have to go somewhere and you don't have time to take a shower. And, but then you, you, you want to look like somebody who has taken their shower. So you put lotion. You get I don't know whether you've, you've done it before. You are looking at me like you don't understand what I'm talking about. But you've done it before. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You put the lotion around yourself, deodorant, and all these other things. And people have no clue that you, you haven't taken your shower. Amen. And so that the, 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 the substance that is used to rub on yourself, the lotion or whatever it is, is the anointing. So you can see, you can see that the Holy Spirit then becomes, as you can imagine, as, as a substance that God placed on the Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. When you read Philippians 2, it gives you a picture of why this verse is very important. Because if we all know how Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Is that not so? And so if he was, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, why then does he need to be anointed? Because, because he, the angel told Mary that, you know, you are going to what? Conceive by the Holy Spirit. Is that not so? And, and that you don't have to sleep with a man. You, you are going to supernaturally conceive. And so the substance of Jesus' being or, or, or body it's, it's like a, um, there's a Holy Spirit factor to it. But then in Philippians, we learn that he laid aside his deity. Do you get it? And made himself of a man of no reputation. So that he decided to operate as, a, even though he had all the divine rights and, and the Holy Spirit by, by nature and by birth, it is in him. He decided to do it away so that he will make himself the prototype, the pattern of any human being born naturally like all of us, hallelujah, who can also then receive the impact of God, the divine substance, and then you can now become a supernatural being. He made himself our example. And in order for that to work, he has to become like us. And so he put his deity, uh, his deity was there, but the right to it, hallelujah. It's like somebody who is uh, uh, from a rich home, because there are some people who are snorting, they are from rich home and they look down upon everybody, they don't mess up with poor people. But then you can also have somebody from a rich home who has a lot, but then decides to dress with uh, like everybody else, simple and messes with everybody else. Hallelujah. He decided to lay that aside and just, so that is why he needed to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So that all of us can look to that, look up to that and say, we too can have that. Amen. Now, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20. We are talking about seven steps to the anointing. Today, we probably will just cover the first step, the principle of vessel change. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20. What we are talking about is that we come, we clap, we jump, we do many things. But after all the things we seek, we must seek the anointing. If we don't seek the anointing, we are not going to have lasting impact. We can make an impact and make people uh, excited or make people laugh or make people think that we are, we, are, we are something. But then it will just fizzle away with time. What we are talking about is God's divine substance coming on us. Look at this verse. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Hallelujah. So it's talking about the house of God, right? 
The house of God is a great house. And then there are different kinds of vessels. Think of a physical house, right? In a physical house, you know, what people can drink from, what are the possibilities? A mug, a glass, plastic cup, paper cup, what one? A wine glass. Direct from the top. <laughs> with, your, with, your, with your palm like this. Yes. <laughs> Amen. And even, even with a paper cup or, or plastic cup, the paper cup, there's one which is really not paper, but it's, what do they call it? Styrofoam. So you see that there are different kinds. Amen. And each of them has their price. And if you go into a home uh, as a visitor, depending upon how much you are valued, the value they place on you determines what type of vessel which will be used to serve you. Amen. Amen. Do you get it? You realize that even when you talk of glasses, right, that there are glasses that are used day to day and there are glasses that are reserved. And there are glasses that have been used. Somebody just drank from that thing and then they say, oh, you are hungry, you are thirsty. Somebody, they grab it from the kitchen counter, fetch it, and then give it to you. <laughs> And then what if they if they if they, they 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 take it and rinse it, pray that they wipe the the the, the, the edges at the top. Amen. You don't know where it has been. But the thing is that there are different kinds of vessels. And vessels are used to serve. Okay? So think of these vessels, right? Think of these vessels as us, as human beings. Now, when you take a, a cup and you are drinking from it, which one is more important? the cup or the person drinking from it the person drinking from it so so which which one is the servant and which one is being served the cup is the servant so you see as you are talking about anointing let, let's just clear the air okay because you see that there, there, there is there is a perceived there is a perceived um you know what's the word there's a perceived quest for for what a, a perceived quest or a perceived notion that when a person is anointed, then it places them up here and everybody is down there. No, 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 no. We, we've gotten it all wrong. When Jesse Duplantis was caught up to heaven, I don't know whether you've listened to his message. He has a two-tape series. I think it's called um, Close Encounters of the God Kind. He has a book and he has a couple of tapes that come with the book. And he got caught up to heaven. And when he, he was in heaven, he met uh, David and other people. And one of the people he met was Abraham. And he said, Abraham took a little golden cup and fetched water from the stream of life. And Abraham was about to serve him water. And he said, no, no, I cannot take, I cannot take a, a drink from you. You are Father Abraham. I have to serve you. Do you get it? But Abraham said, Abraham said, no, 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 no. You have to take it. We are servants here. That's what he said. We are servants here. So, so, as we are talking about steps to the anointing, I want us to actually look at it from the perspective that if the, the, the we, are, we have vessels in the house of God, different types of vessels, then, then uh, the goal for a vessel is to contain the anointing. Is that not so? Think of the anointing as water or the drink that is going to be served. The goal is to, is to contain the water or, the, or, or, or the, what is to be served to other people. And if that is the case, then the anointed person, the goal ought to be what? To serve. The anointing is not to be sought for self-aggrandizement or self, 
uh, uh, promotion or, or, or to show ourselves as anything. In fact, if you look at the Old Testament, if you look at the Ark of the Covenant, and if you look at all the artifacts in the temple or the tabernacle of Moses, you notice, you notice in many instances the basic core of the uh, furniture is made of wood. Is that not so? Like the Ark of the Covenant was the, the inner part is made of wood. But the scripture said it was overlaid with what? With gold. So that the gold covers the wood. Amen. When anointing comes of, 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 of upon us, that is what it is. Like the gold represents the divine. The wood represents the, 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 the natural human self. And so the gold coming on the wood that should not make the wood think that I, 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 I am now good. No. The gold has covered you so that we will not see your woodness. If that's a word. Amen. And so the anointing coming on us you see, if we understand, Jesus said that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So we are not trying to create an elitist group of people in the church, whereby I have the anointing and it makes me think that I'm whatever. No, 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 no. It is supposed to be, you're supposed to be a servant. And so we have vessels of gold and of, and of silver, of wood and of clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Now, the picture in this verse is that the human beings in the church, human beings in the kingdom, we are potentially different types of vessels. And obviously there's a, there's a what? A decreasing quality. You have gold, silver, what? Wood and clay. Amen. And so, you decide what type of vessel you will be. Amen. Many people keep praying a type of prayer. Oh God, change me. Oh God, change me. Take away all these things away from me. Look. <laughs> there, is, there, is a, there, there, there is a partnership in this. Hallelujah. Was it last week or last week that I was talking about, I forgot the point I was making under the um, duality. How, how there, is, there is a role you and I need to play and there's a role God needs to play. And the scripture, there's a scripture that Paul says that I do not frustrate the grace of God. So yes, we should pray for grace. Yes, we should pray for God's help. Have you had a had a prayer and where, which ends which ends with "So help me God," right? When you say somebody should help you, like you are taking this big furniture from the third floor to the, uh, uh, and then you call your neighbors to come and help you. Do you get it? And as they are helping you, you you kind of use your the tip of your finger to be lifting it. Do you think it's going to go anywhere? One day discover, and sometimes you can see, as you are letting, you see that one part, it seems to be dragging because a person who you have called to come and help you is supposed to what? Be helping you do something. It's not that you have left it all on them. Hallelujah. What we are saying is that, yes, we need God's help. But then in terms of the pursuit of the anointing, in terms of the type of vessel we ought to be, there are some things that we must also be. Hallelujah. So, Bishop, in talking about steps to the anointing, the first point is the principle of what? Vessel change. That there, there is the need sometimes for the vessel to change. And that's why he talks about Coca-Cola bottle as a vessel. Coca-Cola bottle contains what? Coke. You cannot, I mean, if you go to uh, any restaurant or go to a store and you say you want Coke, and they give, it, they give a Sprite bottle, Okay? 
and, and you check, and, and then and the what is contained in it is dark like cocoa. Like there's no two ways, it, it looks like cocoa. And then you check the cup, you, you confirm that it is, it is still sealed, it's not open. Do you get it? <laughs> Some type of uh, medicine. <laughs> you see that it's not sealed. And they tell you, let, let's even say that they've written Coke on it. But there's a way you expect Coca-Cola bottle to look like. So if this Appenpem store in the corner say that not, we, the type of Coke we sell here, we put it in Sprite bottles. Immediately you begin to think that these people, they probably imported their own uh, uh, cola from somewhere and, and then ground it and added, uh, what do you call it, uh, soy, soy sauce to it and sugar to it. And then they're selling it and with some ginger. Amen. No, you cannot trust any type of Coke that is not contained in Coca-Cola bottle. Amen. Amen. And so flip it the other way. Suppose the vessel is an animate something, right? And you say, okay, I realize that a lot of people like Coke. And I want to be a vessel, because keep in mind that the anointing is to serve. Okay? And you see, the more what you are serving is wanted, the more important you are. Is that not so? The more what you are, if you are a company, a, a, a company, you see, many people think that a company is just making things to make money. Look, a successful company has discovered something that people want and they are making it to meet the need. Is that not so? And so the more you can be successful in meeting a need, that's the, the more you go up. Because people are willing to pay a price to, to, to receive the need you are providing. And so, if you are a, a, a verse, think of the bottle as an animate something that can make have a, a mind of its own. It's okay. I realize that a lot of people want coke. So I would like to contain coke. If you would like to contain coke, then you need to transform yourself into a coke container, a Coca-Cola bottle or a can. Amen. Amen. You may appear as green. You may appear as whatever color. But you need to watch how do the Coke bottles look like because as the manufacturer is serving, maybe, you know, some products come with Coke, right? Like when you go to a restaurant or some place, they say, well, they say, here yeah, we sell uh, Coke products, right? And then some places we sell Pepsi products. So, so what are some of the other soft drinks that usually is made by Coke? Do you know? Sprite. Fanta and Sprite are made by Coke. Get rid. Okay, how about Pepsi? What are some of the other things? Seven up. All right. Ginger ale? How about ginger ale? Is it, is it neutral? Is it also Pepsi? Okay. Okay. So, imagine a company is a Coke manufacturer. As they are trying to fill things into bottles, right? The Coke is one thing, but there are other com competitor products that the Coke also is producing, like Sprite, right? If you want them to put Coke in you as a vessel, you have to become a Coke bottle. Otherwise, if you are a Sprite bottle, you say, like, look, I'm a Sprite bottle, I, I just want Coke to be put in me. It's not going to happen. As, they are, as a matter of fact, they are going to take that Sprite bottle from the session where they are making cokes. 
and they are going to put so, the, the, something called salt in there. He said, somebody put this bottle here by mistake. Amen. You have to be there. So, so, so you see, there's a spiritual sorting that is going on. There are people that are looking for a specific type of anointing. Because how many know that when you are thirsty, I mean, those who like cook, they like cook. Those who like spread, they like spread. But there are some people that are not so adamant that, okay, unless I get cooked, I, I can't drink. <laughs> there are some people too, it has to be cooked. Amen. Are you listening to me? What I'm saying is that there will be a sorting that will happen. And the individual drinks in the bottle serve specific purposes. And so I wanted to have a picture that the anointing also serves a specific purpose. Amen. Yeah. There is something called the specificity of the anointing. And so, so, so anointing is Holy Spirit, but within the Holy Spirit, even recently one bishop was, was talking about Holy Spirit, he talks about different aspects of the Holy Spirit. The one you are praying for the Holy Spirit, you can pray for the spirit of love, the spirit of power, the spirit of a sound mind, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, and many others. Hallelujah. So, so that, that our, by nature, Holy Spirit is one because he's God. But by function, he can manifest in different ways. So also, when you think of the anointing, understand that there are different anointings for different things. Hallelujah. And so, so the picture you get there for is that the principle of vessel change is saying that if you want, you want an anointing for a particular thing, then you must transform yourself into a vessel that is consistent with that particular type of anointing. Does that make sense? That is why when somebody has caught another person's anointing, you will see that they begin to do the same thing that the other person is doing. Because anointing is not general. Holy Spirit is general, but the, in, the, in terms of the functionality, there are specific aspects of what he gives to people. And so, when we talk about the principle of vessel change, it is very specific and tied to a particular type of anointing that somebody that is coming upon somebody. Hallelujah. I pray that God will give you the grace to transform yourself into a, 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 a vessel that is consistent with the type of anointing that you are looking for. The struggle usually is the change. You are already a vessel, but how much change must you undergo in order to become entitled to a particular type of anointing? When you look at the Old Testament, people like Elijah, right? That guy was weird. Here's a guy living out in the in the wilderness, dressed in a funny way, like almost like he's just wearing panties. <laughs> Amen. And then he was eating worms. Because remember, when he was out there hungry, he was fed by what? Amen. In the New Testament, Jesus said that El uh, John the Baptist was operating under the Elijah anointing. And you will see the similarities with Elijah and John the Baptist. Hallelujah. He was also covered in camel's clothes and was eating locusts. Hallelujah. And then, the, and then another similarity about Elijah and John the Baptist. Who can tell me another similarity between them? Are you referring to Elisha? Whose bones healed resulted somebody. Okay, so that was the father. So go ahead, go again. Hallelujah. Amen. True. 
But Elisha referred to Elijah as his father, though. Yeah, but I see your point. One of the things that Elijah was known to be doing is that he was confronting kings. He was confronting Ahab. Is that not so? He had an anointing on him that made him bold enough to, to call out what the king was doing was wrong. Keep in mind, it's not everybody who has been called to do that. Amen. You have to stay in your lane. If you don't stay in your lane, you'll be disqualified. John the Baptist also confronted a king. Which king was that? Herod. Hallelujah. But another interesting aspect is that both of them had their ministries ended by a woman. Amen. The king, both of them confronted their wives. So in the case of, uh, um, what's his name? Elijah. Elijah's, uh, uh, Ahab's wife, Jezebel, drove Elijah out of town. And Elijah became depressed. And he ended up started complaining. You see, one of the things you shouldn't complain, uh, you shouldn't do is you should be complained. Because the moment you start complaining, God begins to prepare a substitute for you. So the Lord told Elijah, go and anoint Elisha as a prophet in your place. Ah, maybe he has finished his work, but uh, you shouldn't go down in the complaining uh, way. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? But uh, Jezebel ended Elijah's ministry. So also, what's his name? Herodias. Herod's wife also ended John the Baptist's ministry. Hallelujah. So you can see clearly that the you can see a pattern, right? You can see a pattern about John the Baptist's life and Elijah's life, that the anointing that was working on John the Baptist was also working on Elijah. I mean, on uh, uh, the other way around. Working on Elijah was working on John the Baptist. Uh, it, it is a mystery. I believe, I believe, like everything else, God gives you the rudiments. God gives you the inner quality or the elementary uh, aspects of what you are to, to become. But then there is an aspect that you need to work on it. Just like someone who plays music. There are some people who don't have an ear for music at all. No matter what you do. They can go to music school. They can do. They just don't have the ear for it. But then there are also some who also have the ear for it. Do you get it? But then they can get better with practice. Are you there? What we are saying is that John the Baptist probably woke up, grew up, he saw, he saw a certain... Uh, drama, uh, both another commonality is that they were both dramatic. Just the way they go about their things. Very dramatic, like TDJs, you see? The way they, they, they preach with their whole body and stuff. Uh, that's how they were. But you see that there is the initial deposit and then there is the effort to change to become even more of that. Hallelujah. But you see, one of the things that happened after the resurrection of Christ, first of all, the apostles were 12. One of them died, committed suicide. Is that not so? Judas. And then in early days of the early days of the uh, Acts of the Apostles, Peter stood up as they were praying and said, you know what? We need to do what? Put, find a replacement for Judas. Is that not so? What was the criteria that they said should be used to determine who should replace? Yes. Somebody who has been with them from when? From the beginning. And what was the, the time? How do they mark the beginning? Um, not quite. They said from the baptism of John. 
they said they want somebody who has been with them from the time of the baptism of John. In other words, probably somebody who was there when Jesus was being baptized by John. All the way to what? The resurrection. You see, we only hear of these 12. But keep in mind that there were a lot more. Did we know hear Jesus appear to 500 um, believers when he rose from the dead? So there were other people whose names may not have been at the forefront, but they were there. In fact, there's a place where he sent 72 people to go and preach. So, and, then, and then he fed 5,000 people. So the, obviously not all the 5,000 were his followers. Some just came to eat. Amen. <laughs> but there were some who were close and knit by. But when they said that person has to be someone who has been, he said he has what? Companied with us. Companied with us. Which is why, which is one of the reasons why here, before we appoint pastors, you have to company with us. Amen. You cannot bring your certificate from uh, uh, Angel Delight Church. Say, I am a pastor from an Angel Delight Church for 10 years. When you come here, you will join the shepherd school. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and your fruit and your fellowshiping with us is going to show. If you are a pastor or a shepherd, we will see it. But we cannot just say you've been, uh, but you know there are some churches who don't mind. Once your credentials are certified, in the next day, you are a pastor. No, but it's a little bit dangerous. Amen. Are you there? But the point I'm making is that that criteria, there were two people that qualified. Basabas and who? Matthias. Hallelujah. And one of them was selected to replace Judas. But you, you notice that just being around for a long time alone does not necessarily make it true. Well, by the way, what was the, what was the point of the, the person needing to be, have been around for a long time? You will have the same mindset. You have the same, you, that, that your vessel would have changed. Because look at Jesus. He's going from Capernaum to Cana to this place. These people, they didn't, sometimes they didn't even have enough sleep. In the middle of the night, you hear, alarm has gone off. Jesus said, oh, I sense the spirit is saying we should go to Samaria. What? We just had a we just we just slept at 12 a.m. and now it's 2 a.m. and we have to go to Samaria. The Holy Spirit is leading. If you don't have a certain uh, how do you call it a like mind or, or would cry, you cannot be his follower. Exactly. So what I'm saying is that it is also possible that somebody can also have been around for a long time. The time factor is only a variable. It only gives the person the opportunity to imbibe the nature of the person they are seeking the anointing from. Uh, the length of time gives you the opportunity, but not everybody uses the opportunity. Not everybody allows themselves to let the time change them to, to become a vessel that can contain the anointing. And one such case is a man called Gehazi. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. We probably will not finish Gehazi, Gehazi. So Elisha followed Elijah and received the anointing, but Gehazi followed Elisha and did not. Amen. You will see that among the seven points of st seven steps of receiving the anointing is following the man of God. But each of these things have to work hand in hand. You can follow somebody and not have your vessel change, but now we are on the point of vessel change. Hallelujah. Now, Naaman, commander of the army of Syria, king of Syria. Maybe we should just, um, for the sake of time, I probably would just 
go for the kill and then God willing we would read the whole account let's jump to yeah maybe we do that Gehazi the servant of Elisha the man of God said look so here is the background uh, and, and it's a passage we, ha- we don't read of him God, God will unless we will read it because it's, it's certain important details are in there Naaman is an army general from Syria who has developed leprosy and has come for healing in Israel is that not so and Elisha is the man of God who well, he, well, you know um, proclaimed the healing he asked him to go and bath in the river Jordan and then after he's healed keep in mind that he's the army general he's very rich he wanted to pay Elisha and Elisha said no uh, please just take everything and go this is, this is gratis this is free alright that doesn't mean that you cannot you know take a gift you can but he wasn't feeling he wasn't feeling led to take that particular gift from from um because not everything is like a universal principle you have to look at the situation so as Gehazi was standing there because the Bible says that this man Naaman he came with how many change of clothes ten change of clothes I don't know I mean uh, it's like he's traveling from Syria I don't know it, uh, he had different packs and his servants he had a lot of things he brought and Gehazi is standing there he's a servant he's been serving and serving and he had his master say we are not going to take anything take everything back he's standing there and lipping his lips <laughs> Elisha what's wrong with him I mean if you don't want it I want it I could use it you see Gehazi had covetousness and greed in him. And you see, the Holy Spirit cannot go on with some of our bizarre instinct nature. There are some things we need to let go. Do you get it? You want to be a pastor, but you don't have patience. You don't, you cannot, you cannot tolerate BS. If you are a shepherd, you are going to see poop. Sheep, are, it is of a nature of sheep to poop. Do you get it? But you see, we all didn't start like angel carib with wings in the church. No. We all start from somewhere. And if you know that this pastoral work, the way it is, you need to have a lot of patience. Then, then it becomes a, a quest of yours. It becomes a quest that this, this, this temper that I have it is not going to help my pastoral work. And so therefore, I'm going to pray and ask God to help me change this thing. So that a person who used to be so quick-tempered can, with the help of God, with a, a deliberate pursuit of that vessel change goal, that I should become a person of what? Great patience. Can that person can change? And then one people who knew them before, they see it and they are, they are surprised. And then when that happens, after the vessel change, the grace for shepherding comes on the person or even if they were shepherding before when if sh- if she used to get angry and walk away now you see the thing is that when you are patient with the sheep the sheep themselves they know do you know that they know that you are supposed to be angry but you are not <laughs> amen and so they love you for that hallelujah this uh, Gehazi guy was a greedy covetous person and hanging out with Elisha for a period did not make him change. But he should have noticed that the master I'm following, he lets things go. He, he doesn't really 
I mean, he can live on very little, and he's not always looking to grab and to grab. Gehazi didn't work on his weakness. He just remained as it was. And you see, he thought he could outwit the anointing. Because he's hanging around seven. He has heard that Joshua poured water on uh, Moses, and therefore the anointing came on him. So as I'm serving, as I'm serving, uh, what's his name? Elisha, the anointing is going to come on me. There are, not, there, there are different principles at work. You have to, you cannot just get it wrong here and think that you can bypass and get a shortcut here. Hallelujah. And so, this guy, after Naaman left, right, Gehazi now runs after uh, uh, Naaman. Look at what he's saying. Look, my master has spared Naaman this Syrian. Why not receiving from him, from his hands, what he brought? But as the Lord lives, okay, so read from verse 20 to 27. Second Kings five twenty to twenty seven. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Indeed, just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garment. Pause. So, you see, he's now adding sin to sin. In order to achieve his covetous goal, he has to devise a plan. Do you get it? That my first of all, my master has sent me. And now he's putting words in the mouth of his master. That two what? Sons of the prophets. Two shepherds have come from Indianapolis. And we have to feed them. Do you get it? Continue. So, uh, so Naaman said, please take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and handed them to uh, and handed them to two of his servants and they carried them on ahead of him when he came to the citadel he took them from their hand and stored them away in the house then he let the men go and they departed now he went in and stood before his master elisha said to him where did you go gehazi and he said your servant did not go anywhere Amen. Then he said to him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Hold is on. So you see, here is a case of where the man of God, was. The, his spirit was transported to follow him. I have a friend who one time was taken in the spirit to some church members' home and saw some things that were happening. And when he asked them and they were lying, he told them exactly what happened. Then they started begging. Amen. See, when you are a shepherd, God gives you graces for the people you are shepherding. Hallelujah. And so, he said that one not my spirit with you. So, it's like, my heart is like my spirit. He saw, Elisha saw everything. Continue. Is it time? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing 
olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous, as white as snow. Amen. You see, people criticize Elisha for this. But you see, when something is recorded in scripture, the Bible says in Romans 15 verse 4, that whatever is written beforehand was written for our learning. That we through wisdom and patience of the scriptures, we might have hope. Hallelujah. Let's leave it between Elisha and God, whether the punishment was too harsh. Okay? It's not for us. But in the, in the context, it's like somebody, it's like somebody said, hey, I see you are, you are, you are, you are stealing a, a, a bottle of Coke fr from my fridge. Then you say, it's not a bottle of Coke. It is a, it's, it's just a bottle of water. What? That's not the point. You are stealing something. Do you get it? Are you there? So, so, so look at it. So the way I look at it, I, I want us to focus on what Naaman did. Not, not, it is obviously very sad, the outcome of this. But why is it written? It's written so that we can learn from it that this guy had a greedy spirit, covetous spirit. I want something belongs to somebody. I want it. 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 Yeah, it wasn't the first time. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you see, keep in mind that it's not all the time that the Lord would open the eyes of the man of God. Because even in the other account of the woman's, the, the, the woman's son dying, do you get it? It, it was taking, it took the man of God, the same Elisha, it took him by surprise. Yeah. So that, I mean, he, man of God and woman of God are not the people, are not God. Only God knows all things at the same, uh, the same time. But when God wants to reveal, he will reveal. So that you, you, your, 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 um, what do you call it? The awe ought to be, it is God whose eyes you are, you are, you are, you are hoping will not see, not the, the person. Hallelujah. And so, this type of thing that he had tolerated for a while, I don't even know what he continued to serve him afterwards. Because in, as a leper, you can't really stay. Yeah, you have to go. But this person could have become the next anointed person. But he was not willing to change. He remained the same. There are little, little lies he's been telling in the house. The cheese, so he blamed the, the cheese that was lost. He blamed it on the dog. Meanwhile, he ate the cheese. Little, little, he started eating cheese, little, little cheese in the house. Now you are lying about big possessions from Naaman. That is how it is that we have to watch ourselves and know that we ought to give something up for the anointing. And Naaman, I mean uh, Gehazi, he has become he has become the what poster child of the person who did not change and therefore missed a big opportunity. May that not be your story. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Your servant didn't go anywhere. Your face like you didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Let's take out our offering. Let's um, commit it to God and commit ourselves to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to help us. Let your grace come upon us to give up whatever is a stumbling block. May our vessel change. May we completely change as we desire the precious gift of your anointing. And Lord, we take out our offerings. We commit it to you. May you bless it. May you sanctify it for your use. In the name of Jesus. Amen.